Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday the 26th of May. My name is Sam Kozlowski and helping me make sense of today's news is Zara Seidler. Making news today. A COVID update for Victoria. A coup in Mali. Some good news about wallabies. And a chat about consent reform in New South Wales. Here's today's Daily Digest. When we were last updated by Victorian health officials, there were nine locally acquired COVID-19 cases recorded in Victoria, and that's after an additional five were reported yesterday. The Victorian government has now introduced restrictions for Greater Melbourne, including mandatory indoor face masks and limitation on private gatherings and public gatherings. Genomic sequencing has confirmed all of these cases originated from the South Australian hotel quarantine outbreak. Here's Victorian Chief Health Officer, Professor Brett Sutton, speaking on ABC Radio. So we're going to high levels of restrictions. Obviously, the private gatherings down to five, the public gatherings down to 30, uh, masks indoors everywhere. Um, they're, they're sensible and proportionate restrictions to put into place, and they will mitigate the risk of transmission. It's a bit of a throwback to be hearing from Brett Sutton every day and for us to be on the edge of our chairs listening out for Melbourne numbers. So we're really thinking of all our Victorian friends who are all too over this, I think. Moving along to the next story, and this one concerns Brittany Higgins, who made an allegation against a former Liberal staffer. Scott Morrison's Chief of Staff, John Kunkel, has cleared the Prime Minister's media team of backgrounding journalists against Brittany Higgins' partner, saying there was no evidence to support the allegation. And I can see Sam trying to jump in here, and I'll explain what backgrounding actually is. When someone backgrounds or provides information on background, it refers to information given to a journalist, but without that journalist having to name or quote the source directly. So Brittany Higgins accused the Prime Minister's office of doing this with negative information about her partner, who previously worked in politics. Over to Africa, and the President, Prime Minister and Defence Minister of Mali have been detained by military officers. This follows a previous military coup in August of 2020, where President at the time, Ibrahim Boubacar Keita, was removed from office. There are fears that the latest development could further deepen the instability in Mali, where violent extremist groups linked to Al-Qaeda and Islamic State control large areas of the desert north. And to some Wednesday good news. Bridled nail-tail wallabies are no longer on the brink of extinction. Oh, thank God. (laughs) After conservation scientists from UNSW took the wallabies and raised them in a protected shelter. The strategy used by scientists, it's called head-starting, involves protecting endangered animals during their most vulnerable period. This approach has seen the population of wallabies more than double in three years. It honestly just sounds like a zoo. (laughs) (laughs) They just created a zoo. Yesterday we had the New South Wales Attorney General get up and announce something pretty big. He announced that there was going to be major reform to the state's consent laws. Let's have a quick listen to what the Attorney General said yesterday. Here today with Saxon Mullins, I've just announced the New South Wales Government's response to the Law Reform Commission's recommendations on consent law here in New South Wales. We're adopting all 44 recommendations and going one step further to adopt an affirmative model of consent in New South Wales. It's also there to address the significant underreporting of sexual assault, an issue that has really come into the limelight in 2021 throughout the news cycle. So Zara, what exactly has changed after yesterday? I'll first start off with the fact that these reforms didn't just occur in isolation. 
They were actually a response to the recommendations made in a New South Wales Law Reform Commission report and they've really been spearheaded by a number of survivors in the New South Wales community and we'll hear from one of those after. But this biggest change is to affirmative consent. So the government set out two key reforms. The first is that a person doesn't consent to sexual activity unless they said or did something to communicate consent. The second was that an accused person's belief in consent wouldn't be reasonable in the circumstances unless they had said or did something to ascertain consent. Therefore, someone not resisting or not actively saying that they wanted to engage in that sexual activity was no longer going to cut it. That consent had to be affirmative and it had to be actionable. There's been a real effort here to clarify and make certain ideas around sexual consent crystal clear. For example, Mark Speakman made a point yesterday of saying that consent can be withdrawn at any time and that that is going to be a key feature of the laws. Yeah, and apart from that, it was that consent has to be given voluntarily and freely by agreement. The definition will also be expanded to include the fact that consent for one sexual activity is not consent for any other sexual activities and that this consent does not just expand to all activities that might occur in a given encounter. I think this is a really big thing because we've spoken a lot about the lack of consent education in schools and so often it's boiled down to the fact that there's not a clear definition that's been set out, at least in legislation, about what consent is and what consent is not. And I have a friend that goes into schools and teaches this and these are the things that she's been identifying for months on end and it's really, really great to see the government reflecting this in legislation. All that said though, and I do want to make this point, This isn't in our law yet. It still needs to go to Parliament and be voted on as a piece of legislation. There was some interesting commentary as well around the role of judges and the ability for judges to give instructions to jury during sexual assault trials. So our in-house legal counsel, take me through that. So basically there's quite limited abilities for judges to talk in trials at all. In sentencing, they obviously... We would not make good judges. We would not (laughs) make good judges. So... These reforms are proposing to give judges an expanded mandate to talk to the jury about a number of different talking points. Here are some of them. One, that it can't be assumed that the victim not displaying emotion means that they aren't or are telling the truth. That it can't be assumed by a jury from a lack of injury or violence that there has been consent. And that a victim's clothing at the time of the offence does not determine consent. Would this happen often that judges are given new directives for trials coming up? There's a big body of guidance given to judges in all different areas of crime that guides them on what they can and can't say, but the guidelines around sexual assault cases has been notoriously thin. So it's good to see these being beefed out a little and judges being allowed to essentially maintain a just courtroom through stepping in when they need to. We just wanted to wrap up with a clip of Saxon Mullins, who is a survivor of sexual assault and who really spearheaded this initiative alongside the government. Take a listen to what she had to say yesterday. I'm really happy with with what the government has done here. Um, I think going that one step beyond is just super important so that we actually have affirmative consent in New South Wales and are really leading the way in Australian consent law. We'll keep you updated as these reforms are introduced to Parliament and whether there's any knock-on effects in other states in Australia. But for today, that's all we've got time for on The Daily Oz. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to follow news throughout the day, check us out on Instagram. It's where over 110,000, and our keen listeners will know that we've stepped that up. 
It's where over 110,000 Australians get their news throughout the day and we would love you to become part of the community.